Thank you very much. I just want to say that we just spent uh, quite a bit of time inside with the Senate Majority Leader, Mitch McConnell, who has been a friend of mine for a long time, long before my world of politics, early into his world of politics, I think. But we've been friends for a long time. We are probably now, despite what we read, we're probably now, I think, at least as far as I'm concerned, closer than ever before. And uh, the relationship is very good. We're fighting for the same thing. We're fighting for lower taxes, big tax cuts, the biggest tax cuts in the history of our nation. We're fighting for tax reform as part of that. We are getting close to health care. We'll come up in the... Uh, early to mid part of next year. We're going to have a vote. I think we already have the votes. We feel confident we have the votes. You pretty much know what the plan is. I believe Republicans and Democrats are, as we speak, working together very hard right now, working together to do an intermediate plan, a short-term plan, because Obamacare is a disaster. The rates have gone up. The premiums have gone up. The deductibles have gone through the roof. I mean, it, it's, uh, it's terrible. You look at the deductibles, unless you really have a problem, you're not going to be able to use them. So we have, uh, uh, we have been working together long and hard. We think we're in good shape for the budget, we hope. And we hope to be in good shape with, the, again, the largest tax cuts ever passed in this country. It's going to spur business. You look at other countries, what they've done, and we're competing with other countries. When China's at 15 percent, when I hear that Ireland is going to be reducing their corporate rates down to 8 percent from 12, uh, but you have other countries also reducing, we can't be at 35 percent and think we're going to remain competitive in terms of companies and in terms of jobs. So we worked on that. I was very honored to see a man that I've had a lot of respect for, James Lee Witt of the uh, Clinton administration, the head of FEMA. He, uh, he gave us an A+. Plus. I just see it just came out. And I've always had respect for him. Uh, he gave us, he's the FEMA director of uh, the Clinton administration, gave us an A+, plus for how we responded to the hurricane aftermath, all of the hurricanes, and that includes Puerto Rico. So I just want to thank uh, Mr. Witt, wherever you may be now, wherever you may be listening. I just want to say I really much appreciate it because that took it out of politics, out of the world of politics, in that he was with the Clinton administration and I'm sure remains loyal to the Clinton administration. I hope he does. Uh, so just uh, to finish off, my relationship with this gentleman is outstanding, has been outstanding. We are working very hard to get the tax cuts. We will continue to work hard to get the health care completed. I'm going to be surprising some people with an economic development bill later on, but I haven't even told Mitch because I want to focus on tax cuts and some other things right now. One of the unspoken elements that we discussed at lunch, and it just is not talked about, yes, we got a great justice. Justice Gorsuch into the United States Supreme Court. He is going to be outstanding, hopefully, for many, many years. But something that people aren't talking about is how many judges we've had approved, whether it be the Court of Appeals, circuit judges, whether it be district judges. We have tremendous right now under review. Uh, the Democrats are holding them up beyond anything, beyond comprehension. They're holding them up. I mean, frankly, they have terrible, terrible policy terrible policy. And perhaps they're not even good politicians, but they are good at obstruction. So 
uh, I looked at some of these numbers between the judges, and I, I want to say that we will set records in terms of the number of judges. And if you read the Wall Street Journal, I have to give them a, uh, a little bit of a, a, a person, a writer. I won't mention names, but you can see it, who has really been a really fair person, wrote an article or wrote a uh, editorial in a sense, uh, saying how well we're doing with judges and appointments. I think it's one of the big unsung things of this administration. Uh, in addition to the fact that we have had a lot of legislation passed on the VA and lots of other things. But uh, the judge story is an untold story. Nobody wants to talk about it. But when you think about it, Mitch and I were saying that has consequences 40 years out, depending on the age of the judge, but 40 years out. So numerous have been approved. Many, many are in the pipeline. The level of quality is extraordinary. And I just wanted to say that uh, we're working very closely on that also and getting uh, really great reviews from those people and in many cases some scholars that have been studying it. There has never been anything like what we've been able to do together with judges. So with that, I'd like to have Mitch say a few words. And if you want to do a little question and answer, we can do that also. Thank you very much. Thank you. <clears throat> well, thank you very much, Mr. President. Uh, I want to underscore what the president said. Uh, we have the same agenda. Uh, we've been friends and acquaintances for a long time. We talk uh, frequently. We don't give you a readout every time we have a conversation, but frequently we talk on the weekends about the issues that are before us. Obviously, passing the budget, which enables uh, tax reform and tax reduction, uh, comes next. Then the supplemental uh, to take adequate care of those who've been harmed by the natural disasters we've been afflicted with lately, and of course, the Senate's unique role that seems to me a lot of people forget, we're in the personnel business. There are 1,200 of the President's uh, nominations subject to confirmation in the Senate. The House is not in the personnel business, we are. The single most significant thing this President has done to change America is the appointment of Neil Gorsuch uh, to the Supreme Court. But it's not just the Supreme Court. There are a lot of vacancies at both the circuit court and district court level. As the president's indicated, uh, young, uh, conservative, and when we say conservative about a judge, what we're talking about here are the kind of people the president's appointing uh, to the courts believe that the role of a judge is to try to rule based upon what the law says, not what they hoped the outcome would be. Justice Scalia used to say, if the judge is not occasionally unhappy with the conclusion he reached, he's not a very good judge. Or as Justice uh, Gorsuch uh, put it down in my state a couple of weeks ago, judges don't wear red, they don't wear blue, they wear black. And those are the kind of people the president is sending up to the Senate uh, to be confirmed. Many of them, as he pointed out, younger, who will be on the bench for a long time and have a great deal to, to do with what kind of country we're going to have far into the future. Legislatively, obviously, the top uh, priority is tax reduction. And I think what the president and I would both like to say uh, to you today, contrary to what some of you may have reported, uh, we're together totally on this agenda to move America forward. John. Uh, Mr. President, uh, in terms of 
and timetable for the tax reform. Uh, the Speaker of the House, Paul Ryan, has said he wants to get it done by the end of this year. He would make the House stay through the Christmas break in order to get it done. He said, we'll get it done this Congress. Would you be okay if tax reform were not passed until next year as opposed to this year? Well, I would like to see it be done this year, John. I would like very much to see it be done this year. So we won't go a step further. If we get it done, that's a great achievement. But don't forget, uh, it took years for the Reagan administration to get taxes done. I've been here for nine months, a little more than nine months. Uh, I can say the same thing for health care. If you look at Obama, first of all, you look at Clinton, they weren't able to get it done. You look at other administrations, they weren't able to get it done. President Obama, after a long period of time, was able to finally push it through, but push through something that's now failed, really failing badly. But again, we're meeting Democrat, Republican are meeting right now. And right now they're working on something very special. But I have to tell you, I really believe that we have a very good chance, and I think Mitch feels the same yeah, way, of getting the, ta of getting the taxes done hopefully fairly long before the end of the year. That's what we'd like to see. But Go I, ahead. Let me just add to what the president said. The goal is to get it done this calendar year. But it is important to remember that Obama signed Obamacare in March of year two. Obama signed Dodd-Frank in July of year two. Uh, we're going to get this job done, and the goal is to get it done by the end of the year. And just to finish up for Mitch, and we're nine months, right? So, so, so we could have a long way to go, but that's okay. Yes. Thank you very much. One question. Why do you still have confidence in Representative Tom to be your drugs are? And on health care, in a recent tweet, you said, the only problem I have with Mitch McConnell is that after hearing repeal in the place for seven years, he failed. That should never have happened. Do you still think Well, let's go, let's go to the second part of your question with Mitch. Again, We've been doing health care for really seven months, and probably six months if you think about it, because we started in probably a total of six months. Others were two and a half years and much more than that. Others were eight years, and they didn't get it passed. Uh, this man is going to get it done, okay? And I think get it done long before anybody else, and I think it's going to be a great health care. Uh, as far as Tom Marino, so he was a very early supporter of mine, the great state of Pennsylvania. He's a great guy. I did see the report. We're going to look into the report. We're going to take it very seriously because uh, we're going to have a major announcement probably next week on the drug crisis and on the opioid massive problem. Uh, and I want to get that absolutely right. This country and frankly, the world has a drug problem. The world has a drug problem, but we have it. And we're going to do something about it. So I'm going to have a major announcement on that problem next week. Uh, we're going to be looking into Tom. Thank you, Mr. President. Trey Yank, One American News. I'd like to ask you, do you support the plan uh, by people who previously served in your administration, such as Steve Bannon, to primary Republican candidates in the 2018 election who do not support your agenda? Well, I have a very good relationship, as you know, with Steve Bannon. Uh, Steve's been a friend of mine for a long time. I like Steve a lot. Uh, Steve is doing what Steve thinks is the right thing. Some of the people that he may be looking at, I'm going to see if we talk them out of that, because frankly, they're great people. Uh, what Mitch will tell you is that maybe with the exception of a few, and that is a very small few, I have a fantastic relationship with the people in the Senate and with the people in Congress. I mean, I have a, with our House of Representatives, I have a great relationship with 
political people. If you read the papers, you think it's, I'm like on one island and they're like on the other. Well, it's not the way it is. We have a fantastic relationship. I'm friends with most of them, I can say, and I don't think anybody could have much of a higher percentage, but I'm friends with most of them. I like and respect most of them, and I think they like and respect me. Just so you understand, the Republican Party is very, very unified. When we get things approved, we have to go through hell because we have no Democrat support. We have nobody. We don't have a vote from the Democrats. As an example, massive tax cuts. We may not get any Democrat votes. Now, we also may get three or four, but we may get no Democrat. For massive tax cuts, we're the highest tax country in the world, and yet we may get no Democrat support. And that's because they're obstructionists, and they just basically want us to do badly, but that's not going to happen. Yes, go ahead. We're going to look at that very closely. Well, he's a good man. I have not spoken to him, but I will speak to him, and I'll make that determination. And if I think it's, I think if I think it's one percent negative to doing what we want to do. I will make a change, yes. Mr. 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 Wait, one second, yes. We are going to be doing that next week. By the way, you know that's a big step. By the way, people have no understanding of what you just said. That is a very, very big statement. It's a very important step. And to get to that step, a lot of work has to be done, and it's time-consuming work. We're going to be doing it next week, okay? Did you have a chance during your lunch today to discuss the comments that Steve Bannon made this weekend? And what do you make of those comments? Republican Party, going war on you. Look, you know, the goal here is to win elections in November. Back in 2010 and 2012, we nominated several candidates, uh, Christine O'Donnell, Sharon Angle, Todd Akin, Richard Murdoch. Uh, they're not in the Senate. And the reason for that was that they were not able to appeal to a broader electorate in the general election. Uh, my, my goal as the leader of the Republican Party in the Senate is to keep us in the majority. Uh, the way you do that is not complicated. You have to nominate people who can actually win because winners make policy and losers go home. We changed the business model in 2014. We nominated people who could win everywhere. We took the majority in the Senate. We had one skirmish in 2016. We kept the majority in the Senate. So our operating approach will be to support our incumbents and in open seats to seek to help nominate people who can actually win in November. That's my approach. That's the way you that's the way you keep a governing majority. Mr. President, sir, Mr. President, Mr. President, sir, Mr. President, what Mr. President, sir, sir. Uh, earlier today you criticized drug companies and also insurance companies, uh, saying that drug companies were charging prices that were too yes. high and insurance companies were taking government money. Exactly right. What specifically would you like to see both of those types of companies do? So the insurance companies have made a fortune with Obamacare, an absolute fortune. 
as you know, what I did with the cuts at the end, which we're all going, you know, you're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars a month going right into the pockets of the insurance companies. And I'm very happy with what I did. And because of that, people are talking now. Democrats are talking to the Republicans for a short term, taking care of what we will call health care so that people can have good health care without big spikes. You would have had massive spikes. You already have. I mean, every year, the massive spikes to Obamacare have been ridiculous. As far as, uh, and I ha didn't speak to Mitch about this today, but a priority of mine, and you know that this is coming up, will be the cost of prescription drugs. We're going to get the costs way down, way down. And those drug companies, so you have the insurance companies under one haze. In the other case, actually, with regard to both, you have the drug companies. They contribute massive amounts of money to political people. I don't know, Mitch, maybe even to you. But I have to tell you, they contribute massive amounts of money. Me, I'm not interested in their money. I don't need their money. I will tell you, you have prescription drugs. You go to England, you go to various places, Canada, you go to many, many countries. And the same exact pill from the same company, the same box, same everything, is a tiny fraction of what it costs in the United States. We are going to get drug prices, prescription drug prices, way down because the world has taken advantage of us. The world has taken advantage of us when that happens. So that's going to be very important. Sir, Mr. President, sir, Mr. President.
written by the Ways and Means and Finance Committees after we approve the budget, and obviously the budget opens the path uh, to tax reform. But it's, a both, it's about both, about, about both reform and reduction. I've written them personal letters. Uh, they've been sent or they're going out tonight, but they were written during the weekend. Uh, I will at some point during the, the period of time call the parents and uh, the families because I have done that traditionally. Uh, I felt very, very badly about that. I always feel badly. It's, it's the toughest, the toughest calls I have to make are the calls where uh, this happens. Soldiers are killed. Uh, it's a very difficult thing. Now, it gets to a point where, you know, you make four or five of them in one day is a very, very tough day. For me, that's by far the toughest. So the traditional way, if you look at uh, President Obama and other presidents, most of them uh, didn't make calls. A lot of them didn't make calls. I like to call when it's appropriate, when I think I'm able to do it. Uh, they have made the ultimate sacrifice. So generally, I would say that I like to call. I'm going to be calling them. I want a little time to pass. I'm going to be calling them. I have, as you know, since I've been president, I have. Uh, but in addition, uh, I actually wrote letters individually to the uh, soldiers we're talking about, and they're going to be going out either today or tomorrow. Yes. Thank you, Mr. President. General Kelly said on uh, just last week that you believe that Cuba could stop the attacks against Americans. Do you believe then that Cuba I do, is? I think Cuba do, you do about Cuba it. Is responsible? Sure. I do believe Cuba is responsible. I do believe that, and it's a very unusual attack, as you know. But I do believe Cuba is responsible. Yes. Thank you, sir. Mr. President, uh, Roy Moore down in Alabama has said that he believes homosexuality should be illegal and that Muslims should be barred from serving in the U.S. Congress. What makes you comfortable with someone with those beliefs serving in the U.S. Senate? And the same question to you, Mr. Leader. Well, I'm going to be meeting with Roy uh, sometime next week. Uh, and uh, we're going to talk to him about a lot of different things. But I'll be meeting with him. He ran a very... Uh, strong race, the people of Alabama, who I like very much, and they like me very much, uh, but they like Roy, and we'll be talking to him, and I can report to you then, okay? Mr. President, sir, Mr. President, Mr. President, sir. Go ahead. Mr. President, thank you. This is a question for you and for the McConnell. Following up on your comments on judges, one of the issues outstanding right now is whether the Senate Judiciary Committee will take the position of the blue clips. I can give you my position. The, the, the blue slip, for those of you who are not familiar with it, is a, is a custom determined by the chairman of the Judiciary Committee. And Senator Grassley can give you his view of how he views this. I'll give you my view. My, my view is that a blue slip on a circuit judge is simply a notification of how you're going to vote. Um, to conclude otherwise would have left us in the following position at the beginning of this Senate. 48 Democratic senators would have been able to blackball 62% of the circuit judge nominees. That's simply not a tenable uh, place to land in a Senate that now deals with judges on the, with a simple majority. So my own personal view is that 
a blue slip on a circuit judge should simply be a notification of how you intend to vote. We can talk blue slips, but my attitude is I just want really capable people going to the courts. Peter? Mr. President, in 2012, you tweeted that Obama's complaints about Republicans stopping his agenda are BS, in your words, since he had full control for two years. You wrote, he can never take responsibility. But today, you said about some of the challenges right now in Congress and in Washington, I'm not going to blame myself, I'll be honest, they're not getting the job done. So what's different then than now? Well, let me just explain what's different. Uh, we have nominations pending right now, and we have 182 if you look at this, the number that he had approved was 65% and 70%, and we have 39%. They're holding up every single nomination. Schumer and the group are holding up every single nomination. They are obstructing. They're doing it's really what I'm telling you. They're not good politicians, but they're very good at obstruction. Uh, they are holding up every single nomination. And I will tell you, Peter, it's not right. It's really not right. They'll bring them right out to the end, that last minute. What they're doing is unfair. So you look at even Bush, you look at Obama, you look at Clinton, and you look at Bush original. You have uh, 389 versus 182. These are approvals. Uh, you look at Clinton, 357 versus 182. Uh, you look at President Obama, 364 versus 182. These are nominations approved. And what they're doing to us, we have unbelievable people in their waiting to be approved. They've been waiting for a long period of time. Now, I do believe that Mitch is going to start pushing him very hard, and he can do that, and he wants to do that. He also wants to get the judicial nominations through, and he wants to get them through fast, too. Go ahead, John. Okay. Go ahead, John. Could I, could I just follow on that, if I could? Yes. You, you seem to have a, a budding spirit of cooperation with the Senate Minority Leader and the House Minority Leader uh, when it came to the budget, when it came to this idea of finding a fix for DACA. But every proposal that you have floated since then, they have very critically rejected. So where is this relationship? Well, I hope to have a relationship. If we don't, we don't. I mean, we have uh, uh, races coming up, in, as you know, in a year from now. I think we're going to probably do very well. I can say this, if we get taxes approved, we're going to do unbelievably well. Uh, many of the senators are running in states that I won by massive amounts, 20, over 20 percent, sometimes 30 percent, I guess in one or two cases, by over 40 percent over the Democrat. Uh, well, we're going to let you know that at I would like to give you that answer in about seven years from now. Is that okay? Mr. President, meaning, President, sir. Meaning one plus seven. I hope to be, John, I hope to be able to, because I like the concept of bipartisan. But right now, they are doing nothing but obstructing. And really, you know, if you think about it, they're against major tax cuts that's going to make our country stronger and more competitive. That's a hard thing to win an election on. And I believe that some Democrats will be voting for us when it comes to the tax cuts. I'm going to be uh, proposing an economic development bill in the not too distant future. I want to get tax cuts obviously done first, maybe even the health care, but I think somewhere either in between or shortly thereafter. 
Uh, I'm going to be developing an economic development bill that will put us so far ahead of other countries, you will not even believe it. Sir, That'll Mr. be very President, important. Sir, Mr. Oh, Mr. President, sir, sir, Mr. President, sir. Thank you, Mr. Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, last week, your administration made two major announcements on rolling back uh, the Iran deal and uh, getting rid of the cost-sharing reductions uh, as part of Obamacare. And a lot of criticism has been leveled at your administration saying that really all you're doing is... And a lot of praise. Fair enough, sir. Uh, rolling back, uh, a lot of what you're doing is simply rolling back everything your predecessor accomplished. Is there a single uh, policy of your predecessor that you specifically do not want to touch, sir? Well, we're very opposite in terms of uh, incentives and incentives for jobs and other things. And if you look at what's happened, we just hit a new, a new high today again in the stock market. Uh, we've uh, picked up, uh, Mitch, it's as of this moment, $5.2 trillion in stock market value. Uh, we have the lowest unemployment rate in, I believe it's almost 17 years. We're doing well. We're going to uh, be doing immigration work that's going to be outstanding, and we're going to have people uh, coming into our country based hopefully on a merit system, not just coming in randomly, but they're going to be coming in based on a merit system where they can help us because uh, I have companies moving into this country. You saw what happened with the automobile industry last week with five major plants. We have companies pouring back into this country for the first time in anybody's memory. We are actually going to be fairly soon at a point where we're going to need workers. Our country is going to do so well, but the tax cuts are going to be a major, major part of it. You want to keep in place, though. Is there a well, single policy you keep in place? Not, not too many, I must say. It's the opposite side of the spectrum. Peter, go ahead, Peter. Earlier you said that President Obama never called the families of fallen soldiers. How can you make that claim? I don't know if he did. No, no, no. Uh, I, I, was, I was told that he didn't often, and a lot of presidents don't. They write letters. I do, excuse me, Peter, I do a combination of both. Uh, sometimes it's it's a very difficult thing to do, but I do a combination of both. Uh, President Obama, uh, I think, probably did sometimes, and maybe sometimes he didn't. I don't know. That's what I was told. All I can do, all I can do, is ask my generals. Uh, other other presidents did not call. They'd write letters, and some presidents didn't do anything. But I like I like the combination of I like when I can the combination of a call and also a letter. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. If, if it would help you, if it would help Special Counsel Robert Mueller get to the end of the Russia investigation. Well, I'd like to see it end. Look, the whole Russian thing was an excuse. Excuse me. Excuse me. The whole Russian thing was an excuse for the Democrats losing the election. And it turns out to be just one excuse. I mean, today Hillary blamed Nigel Farage. That one came out of nowhere. So that was just an excuse for the Democrats losing an election that, frankly, they have a big advantage in the Electoral College. They should always be able to win in the Electoral College, but they were unable to do it. So uh, there has been absolutely no collusion. Uh, it's been stated that they have no collusion. They ought to get to the end of it, because I think the American public is sick of it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Interview. Mr. President, Ronica Cleary with Fox 5. Yes. Do you believe that your comments in any way affected Bo Bergdahl's ability to receive a fair trial? And can you respond to his attorney's Well, I can't comment on Bo Bergdahl, because he's, as you know, there. I guess he's doing something today, as we know, and he's also uh, uh, there setting up sentencing, so I'm not going to comment on him, but uh, I think people have heard my comments in the past. 
Go ahead. Will you extend the deadline for DACA recipients if Congress can't pass the bill by March? Well, they should be able to do something, but we need very strong border security, and we do want the wall. Go ahead. Now they have. In fact, I spoke to Governor Brown. Uh, we had a great conversation. Uh, we have FEMA there, and as you know, uh, James Lee Witt gave us a uh, an A plus. And I think uh, if he didn't include the fires, he would include the fires also. We have FEMA there. We have military there. We have first responders there. It's a tragic situation, but uh, we're working very closely with the representatives from California, and uh, we're doing a good job. Mr. President. All I can say is it's totally fake news. It's just fake. It's fake. It's uh, made up stuff, and uh, it's disgraceful what happens. But that happens in the that happens in the world of politics, John. Our country needs a wall. Mexico, you see what's happening there. You see what just happened yesterday with one of their big political leaders. Mexico is not doing particularly well when it comes to the kind of thing that we have great interest in. Drugs are pouring across our border. We're stopping it, but we need a wall to really stop it. We need a wall in this country. You know it. I know it. Everybody knows it. We have to have a wall, so that's going to be part of it. Yeah. Well, the Puerto Rico situation is so, because as you know, oh, I think, well, that's according to the Clinton administration's head of FEMA. It's been outstanding. Puerto Rico is very tough because of the fact it's an island, but it's also tough because, as you know, it was in very poor shape before the hurricanes ever hit. Their electrical grid was destroyed before the hurricanes got there. It was in very bad shape, was not working, uh, was in bankruptcy, no, owed $9 billion. Uh, and then on top of that, the hurricane came. Now, you're going to have to build a whole new electrical plant system. We're not talking about generators. You know, we moved. Puerto Rico now has more generators, I believe, than any any place in the world. There are generators all over the place. The fact is, their electrical system was in horrible shape before and even worse shape after. So we are working right now. As you know, relief funds were just approved and are in the process of being approved by, uh, by Congress. And that includes Texas, by the way. That includes Florida. And it also includes Puerto Rico, the U.S. Virgin Islands, etc. But, but, it was in really bad shape before. We have done, I will say this, we have done, we have, well, we've delivered tremendous amounts of water. Then what you have to do is you have to have distribution of the water by the people on the island. So we have massive amounts of water. We have massive amounts of food, but they have to distribute the food and they have to do this. They have to distribute the food to the people of the island. So what we've done is we now actually have military distributing food, something that's Really, they shouldn't have to be doing. But if you look at the governor, who's a good man, by the way, but you look at the governor of Puerto Rico, he himself has said we've done an outstanding job. And most people have said we've done an outstanding job. But Puerto Rico is a very tough one. Yes, go ahead. Well, I'll let Mitch. You want to talk about that, Mitch? 
Was the question about the 20-week? Uh, yeah, well, it, it's supported by virtually all of my members, and we expect to have a vote on it at some point. There are those who believe this would be the worst time to do that because it would be viewed as provocative. How do you view what you're trying to accomplish in South Korea? Yeah. Do you intend to go to the DMZ? Well, I'll be going, as you know, to South Korea, to China, to Japan, to Vietnam for the summit. We have a big, a big economic summit there. I may be going to the Philippines also. We've been invited. We've been invited to the Philippines. I may be going to the Philippines. Uh, and I look forward to all of them. We haven't set the, the details as of this moment. Uh, we'll take a look at that. I didn't hear in terms of provoking, but we will certainly Mr. take a look at that. Mr. President, Mr. President, Mr. President, Mr. President. Thank you, sir. A quick follow-up on an earlier question to Sarah. Uh, you discussed the special counsel and the investigation currently. Are you considering firing Robert Mueller? No, not at all. And I want to quick follow-up on Iraq, sir. On Iraq, the Kurdish forces and Iraqi forces last night mm. uh, were clashing uh, in northern Iraq. Are you concerned about a larger conflict in the region? We don't like the fact that they're clashing. We're not taking sides, but we don't like the fact that they're clashing. We, we, well, let me tell you, we've had for many years very good relationship with the Kurds, as you know, and we've also been on the side of Iraq. Even though we should have never been in there in the first place, we should never have been there. But we're not taking sides in that battle, John. In an interview earlier today, Hillary Clinton said that she did not believe the players taking the was about disrespecting the class. Oh, I hope Hillary runs. Is she going to run? I hope. Hillary, please run again. Go ahead. So she's at odds with you over whether or not this is disrespecting the class. Is she right or is she wrong? I think she's wrong. Look, when they're taking knees, there's plenty of time to do knees and there's plenty of time to do lots of other things. But when you take a knee, she, well, that's why she lost the election. I mean, honestly, it's that thinking that is the reason she lost the election. When you go down and take a knee or any other way, you're sitting, essentially, for our great national anthem. You're disrespecting our flag and you're disrespecting our country. And the NFL should have suspended some of these players for one game, not fire them suspended them for one game and then if they did it again it could have been two games and three games and then for the season you wouldn't have people disrespecting our country right now and and if hillary clinton actually made the statement that in a form sitting down during the playing of our great national anthem is not disrespectful then i fully understand why she didn't win i know i, I mean i mean look there are a lot of reasons she didn't win including the fact that she was not good at what she did but I will tell you, that is something that I had just heard about. And I think that I think that her statement in itself is very disrespectful to our country. Thank you very much. As it relates to the NFL, that is what the, the players are saying is the crux of why they're taking a knee, sir. The police involved shooting issue. It is very disrespectful to our country when they take a knee during our national anthem. It is very disrespectful. Just hear it, hear it. It is very disrespectful 
to our country when they take a knee during the national anthem, number one. Number two, the people of our country are very angry at the NFL. All you have to do is look at their ratings and look at their stadiums. You see empty seats where you never saw them before. A lot of people are very angry at it. It is highly disrespectful. They shouldn't do it. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you. Thank you.